What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another Spooktober special. This is officially number two, and we are joined with our good friend, Michael from We Love Horror. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing well, man. I uh, just got off work not too long ago. Sorry. (laughs) Do you want to restart that part? I'm sorry. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I was going to. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Just, uh, yeah. (laughs) Rewind that back. Maybe maybe there is a little bit of a delay. But uh, yeah, I'm just getting off work. So, I mean, I'm a lot better now. Very mm-hmm. nice. It's always nice when you don't have to work <laughs> or when you're just getting off work. It's yeah. always a nice feeling to come home and be like, oh, I don't have to go to work again for, you know, another yeah. 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah, thanks for having uh, me on, you so, guys. I appreciate it. No problem at all. We're happy to have you. Yeah, I'm happy to have you here, man. Finally. I know. <laughs> We've I mean, only, only been, been talking about this for, for months. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> It's finally coming to fruition. Finally. <clears throat> yeah. Um, okay. So uh, I guess Brooke and I'll introduce ourselves. I am Mark. And I'm Brooke. And like I said, we are joined with uh, Michael from We Love Horror. Um, and Michael, do you want to tell the folks what we're going to be talking about this week? So we are going to be talking about uh, Ringu and the ring. So we're going to be kind of doing a compare and contrast thing, right? Like we're just going to go through kind of both movies and just talk about, you know, uh, certain things that are kind of different about the two of them. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Comparing the two, uh, I guess we'll talk about which one we liked more and what we liked about each one and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, with these two movies, like the ring remake is almost like a direct, shot for shot remake for a good chunk of the movie. And then it ends up changing a little bit towards the end, but yeah. uh, so we can definitely compare scenes and stuff like that throughout it too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a free flowing conversation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, since my internet crapped out um, the last time we were supposed to record, uh, I had a little bit more time to uh, watch both movies this week. So <laughs> there you go. Fresh nice. in your mind. Yes. Um, okay, so Michael, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about your show and what you do, and uh, like any, um, yeah. any episodes that they should listen to or anything like that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm a also a horror podcast. It's called We Love Horror, and um, I just get on and I talk to people. I usually have a different uh, guest host every week that uh, hosts alongside with me, and we just uh, pick either a specific horror movie that we both really enjoy or one that we don't really enjoy. And we just take the time to talk about it. And uh, we also just talk about anything pertaining to horror in general. Um, I'm actually starting this series called tales from the campfire, um, which should be up shortly as soon as I can finish a little intro that I have in mind for it. Um, And that one's just going to be more so a break from talking about horror movies and talking more about like, real life horror stuff as far as like paranormal, um, you know, ghost encounters, alien encounters, anything. So I'm trying to have people like send in their submissions, like stories and stuff so I can read them on the, you know, on the podcast. So yeah, that's just basically what my podcast is about. So yeah, you guys should check it out. Um, I think if I had any 
favorite episodes of mine without sounding like super what's the word um <laughs> into myself um <laughs> i'd have to say like if the <laughs> without sounding like super uh precocious or pretentious um i really enjoy the episode that i did with my friend zach in kansas we talked about it follows that's one of my mm-hmm. favorite ones because uh that happens to be one of my favorite movies of all time and we really kind of dive into it and dissect it and uh yeah that's probably one of my favorites and then you got you guys get a lot of good variety with the top 10 list episodes too so you guys can check those out as well so yeah that's uh the we love horror podcast so if you guys want to take a listen go ahead and check it out Awesome. Yeah. Um, I think your it follows episode is probably my favorite one of yours as well. Thank yeah, you. I, I back that as well. It's, it's a very good episode. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah you it was a lot a of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, it was fun because we had a lot of good back and forth. It, um, he had a lot to bring to the table as well. Um, I feel like we kind of were both on the same level with like the, the behind the scenes film aspect of it as well. Um, Cause he's really into horror movies too and filmmaking in general. So it was, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good stuff. All right. Um, Brooke, are we doing a, a beverage crack or what? Um, well, I mean, usually you would I already cracked my beverage. So if you want, okay. you, can, uh, you can go ahead. Here I, I was waiting around for you, but I guess I'll do it solo. Michael, do you <laughs> oh, uh, have, do you drink or no? Um, I do drink, but I'm I don't have any alcohol right now. But I do have a Mountain Dew sitting beside me, so I will uh, crack that open with you. Hey, there we go. Very nice. <laughs> hey, there's mine. There we go. <laughs> mine wasn't as. Uh, um, <laughs> Mine wasn't as, um, <laughs> what's the word, satisfying as yours, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, do you guys want to hop into this movie then? Absolutely. Yeah, do we want to, to go through the cast and stuff? Well, yeah, I'll start off with the synopsis. Okay, cool, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll stay on track that way. So the first movie synopsis that I have here is for Ringu. Uh, A reporter and her ex-husband investigate a cursed videotape that is rumored to kill the viewer seven days after viewing it. So that's a pretty good uh, breakdown of what the movie is, I think. And uh, the synopsis for The Ring, which is the remake... Uh, a journalist must investigate a mysterious videotape, which seems to cause the death of anyone one week to the day after they view it. So unlike our maniac synopses, um, these two are like pretty much the exact same. Yeah. And as you were saying before, they're almost kind of um, 
shot for shot in certain parts where it's like, okay, like you're watching the two and you're like, oh yeah, this one is a pretty much exactly like beat for beat the same as in this uh, other one. So yeah. 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 All right. Um, so for the director of Ringu, we have Hideo Nakata. And so he's directed Ringu and Ring 2, which was the Japanese sequel. Um, but then he also directed The Ring 2, which is the American sequel to The Ring remake. Um, he also directed Dark Water, the Japanese original, um, a movie called Last Scene, and another one called Ghost Theater. So I think The Ring 2 was his only English-speaking movie that he's done. Mm. But I, I could be wrong, but I think that's what I saw on IMDb. Now, Michael, yeah, that's what, you yeah, kind of seeing too. Yeah, um, have you seen any of his other movies, Michael? I've seen Dark Water. Um, that's the only other one that I've ever seen from him is Dark Water. But uh, okay, yeah. And then his uh his Ring sequel. How does it hold uh, up? Um, I definitely think it's better than the remake. I was not a fan of the remake of Dark Water. I would prefer the original over that one. So, <laughs> um, but then again, I haven't seen either one of them in so long, so I'd probably have to go back into it and rewatch them. But um, I can confidently say I do enjoy Dark Water, the Japanese version, more so over the remake. So, okay. And you were going to say something about his Ring 2 sequel? Oh, yeah, the Ring 2 sequel, the the American one, it's it's shocking that it's not a great film. Like, I wouldn't say it's like, horrible, but for the, the original director of Ringu and Ringu 2 to come on and, like, direct such, like, I guess, like a not a great sequel, I, it was shocking to me when I found out that he was the director of the American remake. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I it's been a long time since I've seen The Ring 2, like the remake. So, I don't really remember what my thoughts were on it, but I know it's not as well received as uh as any of the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh the director of The Ring remake is Gore Verbinski. It's another Gore. We had a Gore with the Maniac episode too. And I think uh Hell has LLC as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, yeah. you're right. Maybe, maybe it was that one that <laughs> I was talking about, or thinking about. That. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> this guy has quite the resume, considering uh, that he directed this movie as well. But um, yeah, he has the children's movie Mouse Hunt. Great uh, fucking movie. <laughs> it is a good one. <laughs> I enjoy it. Um, he has the Mexican with Brad Pitt and um, Julia Roberts. I think is that mm-hmm. who's in the yeah. Mexican. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And then he's done uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the Curse of the, Curse of the Black Pearl, uh, Dead Man's Chest, and At World's End. Dude, I'm surprised at that because those are like three like blockbuster movies. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I also noticed on here, it's kind of funny because like for a big name director, like he doesn't have as many movies as I assumed under his belt. He only has like 22 from what I'm seeing on here, but they're huge movies like they're big movies. Yeah. Um, And the other one that I noticed that you guys. uh, 
uh, didn't say was a cure for wellness. I don't know if either one of you have seen that one, but that one is a trip. That movie is amazing. That I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that one, but it's on my list of movies to watch though, because everyone talks about it. Yeah. And Chuck goes to the movies has actually done an episode on it too. Yeah. Yeah. He Um, did. Also, Rango. Rango is a highly underrated um, animated film <laughs> as well. I agree. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> He's done a lot of movies with Johnny Depp too. Yes. Like he did all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies that I said, uh, the Lone Ranger. Um, wasn't Johnny Depp in Rango too? Yeah. He was the voice of Rango. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's what I thought. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got a good rapport with Johnny Depp too which is pretty cool. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a lot of huge movies under his belt. So bravo to him. Kudos to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'll go through the cast of Ringu, but I mean, I personally don't know any of these actors uh, just because they're mainly in Japanese films. Actually, I'm lying. I know the, the guy who played, uh, fucking her husband there her ex-husband yeah like i've seen him in a lot of shit i wanted to talk about that too like you just continue on but i want to mention him um okay you're done all right so yeah um the cast for ring you i only picked three people um the main character is her name is like the actor's name is asakawa rico Uh, or that's the that's the character's name sorry And the actress is Nanako Matsushima. And her only other acting credit was Ring 2. That uh, Really? Like, that's recognizable. That's recognizable, yeah. Oh, the, yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought that, you meant like that, that was her only movie. other movie. I was like, what? <laughs> She's <laughs> great in this movie. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then her ex-husband, whose name is Ryuji Takayama, um, he's played by Hiroyuki Sanada mm-hmm. and I'm probably butchering these names, but I'm trying my best here. They sound great to me. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, this guy's got a lot of American movies that he's been in. Yeah. Or like big Hollywood movies that he's been in, which is weird because like when I was on IMDb looked at the cast, I was like, okay, this guy's even on, on the IMDb top build cast. And I was like, right? I know I've seen him in movies and then <laughs> finally found who he was. And like, he'd been in a shit ton of movies. Yeah. 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 When I was trying to figure out who it was, like I could not find his name on that list at all. No. Like I actually had to go through like the, pl- the plot synopsis and see like what the actor's name was and then search him. Yeah. Me too. Oh. Yeah. Holy shit. Is he in 217 movies? Yeah. I mean, he's got, Oh my God. Man. Or wait, <laughs> Or am I looking at the wrong uh, person? No, it's a. I think you might be looking at the wrong yeah. one. He's been in 110, which is still a shit ton. That yeah. yeah. Someone else on this list that has been yeah, in I like think you 117. <laughs> that was the old guy, the old man that was. Oh, there. okay, okay, yeah. Because for some reason he's not showing up on like the the top of like the cast and crew of Ringu for some weird reason. Yeah, yeah, that's what I don't so. get it. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, but anyways, yeah, so Hiroyuki Sanada has been in uh, The Last Samurai, um, the movie called Sunshine, which is fantastic. If uh, you haven't seen it, I highly recommend. Um, Rush Hour 3, uh, The Wolverine, 
47 Ronin, um, another horror movie called Life with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, his biggest movie, obviously, is Avengers Endgame. Um, Brooke, do you... Who did he play in Endgame? I don't remember, to be honest. You don't remember? No. Okay. Like, I see his name, right. like, a- Akihiko, and Akiko, I don't know who that a- is. Akiko or something? Oh, Akiko. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember him in that. And a movie that I am so pumped for is Mortal Kombat, which is coming out in 2021 as long as COVID fucks off. For uh, real. And he plays Scorpion in that. Ooh, that's sick. so good. Yeah. I'm so excited for this movie. And he's in Army of the Dead, too, which comes out next year, which I'm super pumped for. Yeah, yeah. He's also in four episodes of a um, show that yeah, I that personally more- really liked when um, it was on the air, and that's Revenge. <laughs> he plays Satoshi Takeda. My wife watched that. I, I caught a couple episodes of it, and it, it was good. I just never got into it with her. Yeah, I yeah, loved it. I just noticed now. that when I was going through the list. Oh, too. I was like, yeah. ooh, Revenge. Yeah. yeah and lastly i wrote down um chihiro shira or shirai and she played sadako in in ringu which is basically samara in the remake Mm -hmm. so she's the little girl in the well and And she's terrifying all right you guys have (laughs) <laughs> that one scene where it's like a close-up of her eye like just through the hair i was like oh she's uh, so creepy yeah <laughs> yeah yeah definitely agree there <laughs> did you guys have anybody else from the ringu cast that you wanted to bring up or discuss or anything like that um, um no i didn't really have anyone yeah me either because like because like you guys said at the beginning i didn't really know a whole lot of people from this one except for a couple of them so yeah yeah all right all right so we'll hop into the ring cast then so the top build name is naomi watts and she is extremely recognizable obviously she's a hollywood actress big name um she's gorgeous in this movie oh, yeah. i have a big crush on her in this one uh but yeah she's known for king kong like the remake from however many years ago i don't know yeah what was that like 10, 15 years ago? Uh, she's in Mulholland Drive, uh, The Impossible, um, the Twin Peaks TV show that got rebooted, and a movie that Brooke and I covered a little while back called Funny Games, <laughs> which is also a remake. Yep. That's a really good um, movie. Is there any other movies of. It is such a good movie. Brooke, you didn't it's like mo- it, did you? I can't remember. Um, I thought it was like average. Yeah, it's a movie that's on my list of movies I never, ever have to watch again in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Just one of those movies that gets under your skin. It really does. And it's it. I don't know. It's just one of those movies that I I didn't go back to after I watched it, because one, I don't know, there's like a lot of I don't know how to explain it, like because I love slow burn type of movies, um, but this one is like a major slow burn and that's not to say that it's not a good movie, but it's it's a very it, it takes a long, 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 long time. And then it was just also kind of like it left me with a really, I don't know, icky feeling. It was one of those movies that I did not. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't. That kind of disturbed me a little bit. And that doesn't happen very often. Like, I'm pretty like, you know, 
used to all of that kind of stuff. And this movie kind yeah. of just ugh, threw me for a loop. And I was like, I don't need to watch that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to give away the ending in case anybody that's listening hasn't seen it, but like, right. yeah, the ending really kind of fucked me up. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> all right. And next up is Martin Henderson and he played Noah and he is in smoke and aces which is a great movie. Yeah. Uh, he's in Torque, which uh, it's a terrible movie, but I loved it when I was a kid because it came out like it kind of came out like around the same time as Fast and the Furious. And it's basically the exact same movie, but with uh, street bikes instead of cars. Um, he was in Flyboys, uh, The Strangers, Pray at Night. Uh, he's in a bunch of episodes of Grey's Anatomy. And most importantly, he's in Britney Spears' toxic music video. That's a great that, song. That is the <laughs> that's the peak of his career right there. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't get he, any better. He than retired that. after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, lastly, I wrote down. Um, I think it's pronounced Davy, but it's D A V E I G H. I'm assuming it's Davy, but uh, yeah, Davy Chase, and she played Samara in this one. And she was in Lilo and Stitch, uh, Donnie Darko, and S. Darko. So she played Donnie's sister in, in Donnie Darko. Oh, that's right. She did, huh? Totally yeah, forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. That movie. I think I could watch that movie like a thousand times and not understand what the fuck's going on in it. Same. <laughs> it's one of those movies. It's like, it's a little too deep with its, uh, you know, uh, symbolism and hidden meaning type shit. Like I'm, I'm all for that, but that movie is just yeah. like, a, every time I watch it, I'm like, what the f if this, I thought watching this, a uh, you know, <laughs> 50th time would, you know, clear things up, but clearly I'm still in the dark about everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right anyone else from the ring that you guys wanted to talk about um, um yes um i wanted to mention uh brian cox um okay he's been in a shit ton of movies won't go through all of them but one movie that i could watch any time of day super troopers <laughs> oh my god yeah. he is in that he's also yeah. in the autopsy of jane Such doe which movie. was uh, it was an okay movie yeah yeah okay i love that movie <laughs> yeah i was gonna i was gonna say am i gonna get hate am i gonna be on this hate train now because i just said that, <laughs> that was an okay movie <laughs> like oh here we go <laughs> i love that movie yeah brian cox is i mean if you look him up you'll instantly recognize his face and know a shit ton of movies that he's in yeah he's scottish i did not know that Oh, oh yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted, I kind of um, wanted to bring somebody up if, if, uh, unless, uh, Brooke wasn't done. Sorry. No, no, yeah, you go, you go ahead, man. Okay. Um, I just wanted to bring up Amber Tamblin cause I think she's pretty good in this movie too. Like she doesn't have a big part, but I've always, I grew up really liking her and like most of the stuff that she's in. And uh, yeah, that's all I wanted to say is Amber Tamblin's in this movie too. And she's in a lot of movies that I watched growing up as a kid. So like the grudge Two, uh, the sisterhood of the traveling pants, which yes. is 
now that I've now that I've gotten older and I'm I'm you know an adult now, that movie hasn't aged as well. But I still love the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants just because the nostalgia factor for me. I'm like, this came out in like the prime of like when I was in middle school and figuring myself out, and you know, try uh, finally figuring out that I was a gay homosexual man that liked uh, you know cheesy girly shit like this. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I find that I've, I feel like I've heard that a lot, like in the gay community where like that movie is kind of like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to word it. Like a staple. Yeah. So <laughs> she played one of the, one of the girls at the start, didn't she? That was her. Um, yes. Yeah. She plays Tibby in the sister of the traveling. So she's like the moody, right. broody, like, gothic chick that you know doesn't give a fuck about anything <laughs> yeah yeah all right um and also Brooke, do you have any- yeah i want to mention real quick uh the kid that played aiden in this david dorfman i thought yeah. he was legit uh culkin brother <laughs> he does look like them actually he does, that's true yeah. so i like look at so I had to like look it up and be like, oh man, there's another fucking Culkin brother. But <laughs> <laughs> no, he was in like a drill bit Taylor, which uh, is a great movie. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but he hasn't really been in anything else uh, since then. He's in the Texas Chainsaw oh, Massacre really movie with Jessica Biel too. Is he? Oh, yes, yeah. He, he plays is. the kid yes. with like the fucked up teeth that like helps her get out of the. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Wow. I forgot about that. He's a good little actor, though. He was really good in this one. Yes, creepy agreed, as totally. fuck. Definitely, he he would st- like he was older than he should have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, like how no, old was he? No in this wasn't he like talking the way that he was? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't know if he was actually eight, but he was definitely young. Yeah, I'm just trying to see. too young to be saying the things he was saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Which, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have to say. All right. You guys want to hop into the movie discussion then? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so, yeah, basically, we'll just pick some scenes that we want to talk about uh, between each movie and kind of compare and contrast and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I know we briefly talked about, uh, Michael, you just rewatched this movie again, or both movies again this week. Mark, when's the last time you watched either of these movies? Uh, full disclosure, this is my first time watching Ringu. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I thought I had watched it back in the day, but I was thinking of the, uh, I was thinking of Juwan, Mm. the original grudge. So good. Yeah, it's been, um, um, a very long time for me as well. So it pretty much was a first watch again for me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the remake, uh, I don't know. It's probably been a few years since I've watched it, but, uh. I definitely remember like back when I was in like grade eight or nine. Yeah. Me and like a bunch of us friends would all get together on a Friday or Saturday night and we'd rent a movie and we every week we would go to someone else's house and just like chill and watch a movie and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ring had came out, I think that same year that we were doing this. So obviously we rented it and it like, it fucked all of us up back then. Cause we were only like 13, I think whenever it came out. Yeah. So I'm surprised we were even allowed to rent it, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like the whole the whole videotape, like whenever the videotape plays and like uh, it's got the woman brushing her hair and then it's got like the finger 
uh, or the nail going through the finger and stuff like that. Like that video is like ingrained in my mind from back then. Yeah. 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 It's probably been like a good, like probably eight to 10 years since I've seen it. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a while for both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you, Michael, um, well, I kind of have a special connection with this film because it was my first, it was like legitimately the first horror film that my parents would allow me to watch like from beginning to end. Cause I know on my podcast, I talk about a lot how I got introduced to horror from like seeing like bits and pieces of what my dad was watching on TV. Um, but this movie was the first movie that I actually got to sit down and watch like from beginning to end. And my parents thought it would be really, really funny to, you know, set the house phone up so that as soon as uh, I was done watching the part with the tape, they called the house phone and did the whole like the (laughs) seven days thing. And, you know, I was, gosh, 10, 11 years old. No, I was like nine when this movie came out. Um, Yeah. Scared the shit out of me. And uh, I was convinced that I was going to die in seven days. Like after watching that movie, I was like, I'm going to die now. Like, and I just remember um, also like it just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for some reason, I just remember it being like a really huge phenomenon when this movie first came out, like everyone was talking about it. I remember, you know, hearing stories, not just my own personal stories, but stories from like other members of my family and other friends and stuff being like, oh my God, you have to watch this movie. It's the scariest movie I've ever seen and all that stuff. So I just remember like it making a big impact when it, when it came out and um, it made a big, big, big impact on me as well because it was my first horror movie and it's what got me introduced into the horror genre. So yeah, I, I love this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I think a lot of people our age kind of have that same feeling in a sense. Like, like I had watched horror movies before this came out just because like I've talked about it before, but like horror movies for me, like whenever I was a kid, they were always like, faux pas almost like not that my mom was against him or anything like that it was just like she was kind of i don't want to say that like she sheltered me but like she tried to be like overprotective because it was just her and i sort of thing so like Mm -hmm. anytime i got a chance to watch a horror movie i was like all over it um so like if we were at her friend's house or something like that and i was watching a movie downstairs i would like try and find a horror movie to watch or something like that but like yeah this one I, like I said, I was 13 whenever it came out. So this one was, uh, it. I don't know. It's kind of ingrained in my mind for that time back then. Oh, for sure. Because this movie was like one of the first horror movies that I watched that wasn't like a slasher movie. Like Because back then, like all the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and all those, they were big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever I was a kid. Well, in the early 2000s, was and this also one kind of set like, the tone right... for. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just I was just saying um that like this was like the early 2000s too when like the 90s slasher boom was still kind of going on so like you still got a whole bunch of like those slashers like I think Valentine came out in what 2001 2000 and you get like all these like Freddy versus Jason yeah. all you know all those movies that came out that during that time period so mm-hmm. yeah yeah like this one kind of set the tone for paranormal video like paranormal movies I should say yeah definitely Oh, I also found it interesting yeah. that the uh, it came out like 2002, I think. And I'm trying to think of when like DVDs started making an appearance. 
Uh, that's a good question. I'm it's like 2004, 2005, maybe. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, but uh, rewatching these movies like make me made me miss VHS tapes so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I know, right? Yeah, just the nostalgia, like, just like of the it. boxes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the big uh, bulky. VCR so DVDs players. came into the market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we used to have one of those VHS rewinders so you wouldn't have to keep it in your VCR. <laughs> That's nice. awesome. Yeah. You just pop it in there after you're finished with it and then you can just watch something else right after. But uh, yeah, DVDs started coming into production in 97 and 98. Oh, really? That but really- they, oh, wow. Yeah, but they were they weren't popular whenever they first came out though cuz there's a lot of issues with them. Right. Right. Huh. It's interesting. But yeah. Um, okay. So we said we were going to talk about scenes and we haven't really done that. yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, another question I had, like speaking of like rewatching VHS tapes, like I wonder if these move in these movies is like after they watch it, if they like they pass it on to another person or whatever, if they go back and rewind the VHS tape. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, that's why Samara kills people. She's pissed off that they didn't rewind the tape after they watched it. That's all they have to do. <laughs> She's like, these motherfuckers, all I do is ask them to rewind the tape after they watch it. Jesus Christ. Now I got to kill them. Cause you know, they don't know how to follow the rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now Randy from scream has to rewind them all at the video store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, let's get into these scenes, I guess. Um, even like the opening scene of, of both movies, I like how in the remake, they they even got like the same layout of the house from the original. Like they had yeah, that, that's they true. Had yeah, that like glass yeah. kind of separation, separation window, like going into like the living room area with the TV and stuff like that. I thought that was cool. Yeah. And the way the room is like set up uh-huh. too is almost exactly like, except probably a little, it's probably a little bigger than the room in the, in Ringu, but it's still like the same like layout with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of, kind of weird in a sense because like Japanese houses are usually a lot different than, than houses that we have here. Like the layouts of them. Yeah. They're a lot smaller and like compact. Yeah. And uh, with the first one, I was kind of like with the subtitles and everything, like it was kind of hard to pay attention. Like usually I love like foreign films and stuff like that. But this one I felt kind of was kind of hard to pay attention to it because there wasn't like, you know, like action or like I didn't feel like involved in like the characters that much for the Mm -hmm. original. So like at the beginning, I didn't really get I missed the point where they they said that um, like their friend was watching the videotape like a week before because. All of a sudden, they just hear like the rain, the phone ring, and stuff like that. So I wasn't sure if like they watched the videotape a week before or not. Yeah, and that's where like with the with the remake, like that whole opening scene is the exact same. Yeah, like it's mm-hmm. two two friends sitting in a bedroom talking about like a weekend away, talking about watching this video, blah blah blah. The phone rings and it's the mother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like both both opening scenes are identical. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> ask your mom which shower has the vibrating shower head <laughs> sorry that's a scary movie three totally different movie but it's the same scene but yeah 
I always think about that sometimes. Really I'm like, funny. anytime I watch the ring, I kind of like can't help but laugh in that one opening scene a little bit just because of like the, you know, you're with Josh all weekend. Yes, yes I was. Yeah, that whole. Uh... <laughs> anyway, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I do. Um, I, oh, was there any sorry. scenes that you want? No, I was going over to you. I was going to see if anything that you want to talk about. Um. Yeah, I think the I think both opening scenes are effective in their own right because the thing that I like about um Ringu in specific is that the way they do their and I feel like this is the way a lot of Japanese horror movies or Asian horror movies in general they're very very good at like setting like a creepy ominous like tone and atmosphere not just through like um, you know, the characters and what's happening in the scene, but the way they light it, the way they, you know, some, I noticed in this movie specifically, there's a lot of, there's not a lot of music in the opening scene. And I mean, there's not a lot of music in the remake as well, but like, there's more of like a, a bassy type of undertone to the score in the ring, like the remake. Um, but I noticed like in the yeah. first Ringu, there's not a lot of music in the opening scene. No. And and I was going to mention that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was done. That was it. <laughs> okay. Um, I was just going to say like, I, at the beginning too, like I wrote down like, Oh, the ring, uses music very well in the movie. Like, especially when at the beginning, when they open the, the dresser or the door and the girls there and that like the music like comes up. But then, like throughout the rest of the, the movie, they don't really use the music that well. Um, throughout the rest of the movie, yeah, a lot of it seems like soundscape type of music to me. Like you, it's 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 very like subtle. Um, sometimes it's like if you don't, if you're not paying mm-hmm. attention to it, you'll miss it, kind of thing with Ringu. And I feel like it's it like it's kind of the same with the music in the ring too. It's as I said before, it's more so just like undertone, like bassy type of music that kind of builds up in certain parts and then you get like the orchestral type of music in some other parts but um just in that opening scene specifically i noticed that there were similar there were kind of similarities with like the you know the tone and the music um in a sense that there isn't a whole lot of music in either one of them so i found it kind of weird that that the score in ringu was like mediocre because like yeah usually in like Japanese or Asian horror movies, like the score is always very prominent. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's why I was kind of like disappointed a bit in the review because, uh, yeah, the score wasn't really there at all. Yeah, yeah, but I also I also kind of appreciate that because it, um, in a sense, kind of adds to the creepiness and the atmosphere. It's almost like, oh god, like it's so quiet that you're like, I can hear, I can, I can hear a pin drop type of thing and i feel like it's more so kind of chilling in its own right i mean it is kind of like there are some scenes in the in ringu that i feel could use music to its advantage to uh drive the scene forward to make it creepier in a sense but i feel like almost the lack of music in certain scenes almost benefits in in a way because it's like oh it's even more eerie and creepy because you're like oh you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. um also I watching this like I haven't seen both movies in forever, but whenever they um, they see all the pictures, uh, the photographs, and like their faces are blurred out, it remind me of the movie Shutter. 
I don't know if either of you have seen that one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of these like paranormal horror movies from the early 2000s have kind of taken ideas from these movies, like not just specifically Ringu, mm-hmm. but like uh, with Juwan as well. Like I, f- I feel like a lot of those movies in that time, I don't know if you, like if they're paying homage to those or to this movie or if they were like, I don't know, just kind of using those ideas and spinning it their own way. Yeah. Like yeah. with Shudder, especially, that's a good, and One Missed Call, like that's another one that yeah. kind of had that feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that's, I think they definitely took some form of inspiration because if I'm not mistaken, I think The Ring was what came before all of those movies. And then Juwan followed close behind because I think Juwan was made in 90. I want to say Juwan was made in like 99 or 98 or something. So it was around the same time as Ringu. So like those movies were both kind of or no, no, no. Yeah. Juwan came out in 2002, I believe. But uh, the director of Juwan, Takashi Shimizu, he was making Juwan films, I think, well into like the late 90s. Like they were just little short films. And then he finally um, made it into like a full length film. But yeah, it, it's I mean, you could definitely see that there's definite um, inspiration from each of those movies that you guys mentioned, like Shutter is the perfect example for that because it's kind of the kind of a similar concept in a way. So, yeah. Um, Also, another thing I really appreciate with the remake too, is that they filmed it or it's to take place places in uh, Seattle, which is like super rainy and dark and like kind of seems a lot like um, Japan or Korea river. um, The original ring you takes place. Because the whole remake just feels dark and wet and disgusting, like the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good with point that. too. And it kind of it kind of fits like with the whole um, theme of the movie, like with the well and everything like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, which is good. And also, kind of like the underlining theme. I feel like there's like a kind of an underlining theme of um, mortality in this film as well. Like we all die at some point, and it's inevitable. And I feel like the the setting in both films does that really well with like, as you were saying, like the the location of both of these films, it's very dark, very dreary. Like even in the remake, um, it's definitely lit better in the remake than the original, but it's still, you get like these um, color tones, like these color palettes of like dark blue and, and green. And like, it's just kind of very dreary the whole movie. Like there's not really any time when it's not like, dreary or rainy or you know there's never like a sunny i don't i don't feel like there's ever a moment in this movie where it's like sunny no yeah no yeah like even when she like in the remake when she's out on the on the ferry like it's a rainy shitty day whenever she's out there too yeah um one question that i have for you guys if you let's just say you were in this movie and you got the call that you're gonna die in seven days would you do what they did and try and reverse it? Or would you spend those seven days like living life to the fullest and being with family or whatnot? Mm, Good question. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. See, I don't even know. I don't even know where I would start with that. Like, are you saying like in the context of, um, I guess if we knew what, 
like the character of Rachel knew beforehand, like how she acquires the tape and all of like the knowledge that she has beforehand that like drives her to like figure out what's going on. Or if it's just, I found this random tape and watched it and didn't know anything other than that. I just had to go off of like, I watched this weird tape, then got a call and had nowhere to go from there, I guess. Yeah. Like, let's just assume that you had no preexisting knowledge. Gotcha. Um, I think I'd probably, I don't know. Part of me would want to like investigate and find out more about what I can do to, you know, reverse it. But then also it'd be like, I don't know. Then I also want to say that I just probably think it was just a prank and I'd be like, this is stupid. I don't believe in this kind of crap. And then, (laughs) but that's not me at all because I'm a very superstitious person. So I probably would take it very seriously. Like, I don't know if you ever, if you guys ever got like those (laughs) chain letters and like the text message type shit where it's like, you better forward this to 10 people or this, this, this (laughs) thing will visit you tonight. I, I never fully believed those things, but I was like, what if, you know, like there's the possibility, like, what if this thing yeah. visits me at night and kills me because I didn't forward it to 10 people. So it's like, there's, there's part of me that I, there's part of my brain that says, you know, you'd probably just brush it off as like a sick joke. And then the other part of me would be like, nah, I'd, I'd, I'd best, you know, <laughs> live my days to the fullest if I really do have seven <laughs> days left. So yeah, probably just live my days to the fullest. I'm sure. Yeah. What about you, Brooke? Yeah, I would probably live life to the fullest. I think. Well, and then you could probably, well, you'd probably survive too if like, you know, because I'd be like, ooh, especially if the part of me didn't believe it, I'd be like, ooh, look at this creepy videotape. And then, you know, I would survive anyway because I just passed <laughs> it on to somebody else. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not to spoil the ending of the movie and- for the listeners already, but you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's yeah. been out for 20 years almost. That's true. What about, uh, what about you? Me, I, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like, I feel like I would take a couple days to try and figure it out. And like, if I didn't get any headway within those couple days, I'd probably come to the realization, like, hey, I need to, to be with family or live life to the fullest or mm. something like that. I feel like I, like, I'm stubborn as fuck, so I feel like I would be like, I need to figure out what the hell is going on with this thing. <laughs> But I don't know. It it would come to a point where I would just give up, I think, and do just what accept was your fate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Michael, as you were talking about passing it on, it made me realize too, like we we're just talking about movies taking inspiration from these movies and like it follows is the same way. Like you gotta yeah. pass it on to the next person. Uh-huh. That yeah, that's a subtle I don't know if that's was an intended, you know, reference, but that's I mean, that's a very subtle that I didn't even pick up on that until you just said that. So that's that's cool to think about. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And because uh, like there's no, go ahead. I was going to say, like, with it follows, there's the undertone of it or like everybody thinks that it's a movie about STDs, which obviously makes a lot of sense if you've seen the movie. Right. But I mean, m- maybe they got this idea from these movies i don't know yeah yeah yeah. i I can definitely definitely see a clear um like oh what's the word a clear um you know revising of like the same kind of plot the pass it on plot but make it kind of you know in their own right different than the other one but yeah yeah, no i can definitely definitely see nuances of the ring in that now that you say it yeah and i was gonna say um 
Speaking of like passing it on, like I felt like in the original Renew, they mentioned or caught on to the fact that in order to escape from uh, the ghost, you have to make a copy of it and pass it on someone else. Whereas in like the the remake, they didn't figure that out until like near the very ending of the movie. Yeah, that's true. Well, and I that's like kind of uh, like the turn. Uh, oh no, no, no I was going to say that's kind of like the turn where. i think there is a little bit of a lag in here because like you'll say something and then i'll start to say something and then you'll start and i'm like oh okay (laughs) yeah sorry you you go first and then yeah okay um fuck what was i gonna say oh yeah that's where like how i was saying at the start like it's almost like a shot for shot remake for up into a certain point Mm -hmm. and then both movie kind of both movies kind of go in their own separate directions like in the second second or third act kind of thing. Yeah. But like the beginnings of the movies are pretty much identical. Yeah. Because like the remake is a good 40 minutes longer than the original, re- original movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Which I found interesting too, because like whenever I was first started watching Ringu, I was like, okay, this is like the exact same movie as the ring pretty much. Because, like I said, I have never seen the original before. Um, but then, like, I was looking up the information on IMDb, like, as I was watching it. And I was like, oh, shit, this is, like, way shorter yeah. than the remake. So, but, yeah, I like the the route that the ring took. Like, it gave, it gave more to the story, yeah. adding those extra 20 minutes onto it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like that 20 minutes that they added wasn't like just dead space, I found. Like it actually was meaningful to the story. Yeah, definitely. Oh, 100%. And I I wanted to add on to what you were saying about that too, because I think what Gore Verbrinski did so well in the remake that I feel like the original could have touched on better was with like the the symbolism, like really... um, there's the, the, the there's the scene where she leaves Noah's apartment and she walks underneath the ladder in the alley and then you get like these little you know tidbits of you know flashbacks to the the videotape itself through like all these like weird symbolism type things and it's really cool like it's it's engaging I feel like it really adds to the story and I really feel like they spent a lot of time in the remake really developing like these three main characters that you follow, like her son, Noah and Rachel, you, you get a really good uh, scope of like who these characters are and you actually care about them, which with the original, I don't as much as I love the original Ringu, I don't feel like they spent very much time with the character development. I think the characters are kind of how's how's a nice way to word this because I don't want to piss off any bit, any people that (laughs) prefer the original over the remake because they're both amazing movies in their own right. But I guess if we're going to do a compare and contrast type of deal, you know, with what we like better about each one, I would have to say that I really do enjoy the the character development and the the way that Gore Verbrinsky, you know, used symbolism in a very interesting way to like, you know, push the story forward and and everything like that, which with the original, I don't mm-hmm. feel like they jumped on that opportunity as much. I feel like the characters are kind of bland in the original. Like, I'm just like, okay, like these characters are likable enough that I'll follow them through the story. But, you know, even with 
even with the child that's in the original, you don't really see mu- as much of him in the original as you do in the remake. They spend a lot of time um, with Rachel's son in this movie as yeah. opposed to the original, whereas you don't really see the son as much. And I, I like that because I feel like character development is really important. And if you don't have that, like you don't really have characters that you want to follow <laughs> per se. And so, yeah, that's, that's all I wanted yeah. to add to that. No, it's a good point. Cause like, like with the, even with the kid, like in the ring, you well, like whenever he watches that, you see him watching the videotape, you feel like, in the ring, I've had that like gut wrenching feeling. Like I was like, "Oh shit, no way!" But like in in Ring U, I was just like, like I didn't have that feeling because I I didn't have any connection with the child. Yeah, I felt like in the in the remake, right. yeah, um, the kid was the, the 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 central character in the movie. Like we see more of Naomi Watts, but I feel like the kid is more important to the story. Yeah, he really is because, you know, in the in the remake, like she has a, you know, she's not only trying to figure out the mystery of this cursed videotape for her life. Now her son's life is at risk, too. And there's more of a there's more of a risk factor there. And we care more about what happens to her and her son now than we did in the original, because in the original, it's just kind of like, okay, like he watched the tape and we know relatively nothing about this child. So, I mean, it's still disturbing in its own right because it is a child. And you know that like, if she doesn't figure out what, you know, this tape, like the mystery behind this tape, like her son will die. It's inevitable. And so that's, that's kind of like disturbing and you can carry that with both movies. But I feel like with the remake, it's much more, there's more stakes involved with the child and you care more about what happens than in the original. So I was just going to say, um, let, let's talk about the videotape itself, like from both movies. I felt like yeah. in the first Ring U, like I was kind of disappointed to be honest, because like you, there wasn't much to the actual videotape itself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Like that, like I said at the start of this, like the, the videotape scenes in the remake, like are so ingrained in my mind. Like, Anytime I see like something with a fingernail, I attribute it to this video because like that part is fucking disgusting to me. Like the (laughs) nail going through the finger and like that giant ass like centipede that crawls across the floor. And like, I just feel like it's a way, way better than, than, uh, than what it is in the original. Like there's more to it. Yeah. I was going to say way more better. I was like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> um, and I like to, in the remake, like all the scenes that are in this video, she is starting to like see them in real life too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. which you don't get in the Japanese version. And it's kind of cool because I feel like in the, the remake, it also forecasts like future events, like with the, with the water that's like red in the original, you see it with the horse scene where she's on the ferry and the horse gets sucked under the boat. And then you see the blood and you're like, Oh, okay. That's, you know, foreshadowing, you know, what happened in the tape. So it's almost like the tape is showing past events, but it's also showing future events. Um, in like Rachel's timeline, like when she, when she's going through and experiencing stuff, she's seeing things in real time that she saw on the tape, like 
back, you know, however many days ago that she was, you know. So I, I think that's very interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even with the centipede, like she opens up the book in the library and a giant ass centipede like Ooh. falls out onto the floor. Yeah. Centipedes are gross. <laughs> My exact reaction. <laughs> Anything with multiple legs is just disgusting to me. Centipedes, spiders, scorpions, all that <laughs> shit can just die. Like, I don't fuck with those. <laughs> yeah, that's why I love the story of the remake so much is because there's two stories. There's the story of Naomi Watts' character trying to figure this out. But then there's also the story of like behind the videotape of like the girl with the horses and and that the husband who didn't want to have kids, but she did um, by accident or like just a miracle pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, and yeah, like I feel like in the original, they don't touch on that very much. Like they don't touch on like the uh, origins. Like, I mean, they they find out certain parts, but in the remake, I feel like they do a much better job at like explaining like Anna Morgan's timeline, why she went crazy, like what happened to her to make her crazy and stuff like that. And it, it doesn't feel like you're getting all this exposition shoved in your face all at once. It, the, the, the way that they do it is really yeah. good because they don't, you know, they do it with, you know, cause you find out different things from Noah's character because he's also helping Rachel towards the end, like towards the middle of the movie, they kind of team up together and they kind of find out little tidbits of information and they kind of go back and forth. So it's, it, that's an interesting dynamic too, because you've got, Rachel who's finding out her own stuff. And then you've got Noah who's also finding out his own stuff and they kind of just, you know, meet in the middle and they're like, okay, I have this, I have that. And then they kind of just solve the mystery together. And I think that's really engaging. Yeah. 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 Cause Noah doesn't believe her at first, but then he's at like the convenience store then sees his face on the screen. and was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. And I love the little yeah, Asian actress in that, that scene too. Cool. And she's like, you're going to die. <laughs> my cousin smoked three yeah, yeah. a day used the patch never look back <laughs> thank you i'll think about have a nice day yeah she's just so like <laughs> she's just so like you know whatever <laughs> oh man somebody told me that at the, yeah, like a funny. grocery store or something that you're gonna die i'd be like okay gonna watch my back with you now <laughs> paranoid as fuck now never coming here again yeah <laughs> one star review on yelp <clears throat> oh man um which which relationship between the two main characters did you guys like better like the remake or the original um the remake for me because in the original there's times when i forget that they're even like ex-husband and wife i just sometimes like i i don't know i just feel like sometimes i'm like who are these two people again oh yeah they're they're husband and wife or they were husband and wife and i feel like in this one they they definitely delve into more so their relationship like in and very subtle like there's that conversation where he has that he has with um the kid in the car when she they're sitting outside of katie's house waiting for uh him to get dropped off there and they're talking about how like i wouldn't be a good father I had to leave because I feel like I wouldn't be a good father, but I don't want anyone else to be your father either. And then, you know, you have that little mm -hmm. kind of moment with the father and the son. And uh, I just feel like you don't get any of that in the original. You don't get any sort of, I don't even feel like they have much chemistry in the original either. If we're being real honest, like it's just kind of like these two people are like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, 
as I said before, I, I completely almost, forget that they're husband and wife most of the time during the movie. I'm like, oh yeah, they're they were married at one point. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they almost feel like colleagues in the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't even think there's like a smooth transition in how they like, you know, meet each other. It's just like one minute it's her and then the next minute she's showing him the tape and you're like, okay, who's this guy? And it doesn't even really explain it. It it doesn't do a whole lot of like exposition to explain who these, who this guy is in relation to her. Yeah, no, I don't remember seeing any sort of transition into that at all. Yeah. Like I got with Michael, I got to go with the remake as well. Cause fun to be honest, like the first movie, like honestly, I was so bored during the whole movie. (laughs) So it was hard (laughs) to like pay attention to the, the captions and stuff like that. And like really invest in the characters because um yeah i just didn't feel like invested at all in them but i like how in the remake you you like you find out that um aiden is noah's son and that they're like trying to rekindle this relationship a bit and then the ending they they appear to get back together mm-hmm. yeah but samara had other plans <laughs> yeah he noah did not rewind the videotape like he was supposed to <laughs> <laughs> um i really like that scene in the car with noah and uh and aiden too like like michael you brought it up like how he said um like i couldn't be a father i wouldn't be a good father but i also don't want anybody else to be your father like i just i feel like that scene was very heartwarming mm-hmm. in a sense mm-hmm. and like it almost shows the pain that that Noah's going through, like with all of this, because like you can tell that Noah and Rachel still have like that connection, and like I feel like if Noah got his shit together, they would be back together, and like you said, they almost seem like they do at the end or towards the end. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that whole conversation that he had with Aiden really showed like the type of person that he is. Yeah, it gave him more of like a defining character moment, in my opinion, like it it made him like more likable once you understood more so like where he was coming from, like his mindset and, you know, his situation and how he feels about the whole thing. And you don't really get that up until that point. You kind of just think he's kind of a pompous jerk because for the you know first half of the movie, he's like completely just being like, you're crazy. There's nothing going on. I'm not going to believe in some high school rumor. And, you know, she even calls him out on it at the, like during yeah. the start of the movie. She's like, <laughs> and I walk off all pissed off thinking or kicking myself for ever thinking you could just grow up, you know, and uh, that's yeah. I feel like that's the scene where you realize that, you know, Noah has finally understood. I think I don't even think his character fully understands it until he has that conversation in the car with his, his uh, son. And then it kind of clicks in his mind that he's like, wow, you know what? Yeah. I have a lot of shit to figure out, you know? Yeah. I have a whole life that I'm just like kind of throwing away. Um, whatever, like if he's partying or whatever, but like, he's obviously dating his assistant who's probably like 10 years younger than him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Another thing I was going to bring up, um, for the, the first movie, The Ring You, does the one girl at the beginning survive? Because in the in the seat in the remake, the one girl ends up in like the, the psych ward or whatever. Does the girl in the first movie survive or is she not in the movie at all throughout it? I forget. 
Um, she does survive. I don't think we ever see her again. No, we don't. But they do. I think uh, one of the so I think the there's like a a subtle difference in the opening after the opening scene than there is in the remake because in the after the opening scene it cuts to the main character interviewing a bunch of girls at like this like restaurant. Cause she's like a news reporter, you know, kind of how uh, Naomi Watts's character is yeah. in, the, in the remake, but it's more so like you get your information about the videotape right off the bat, right after the opening scene with this um, scene of the, the group of girls talking about this tape. And then I think one of them says that the, the friend that was there that night is in like a mental hospital, but you never get that scene with her in the mental hospital like you do in the remake. So, but in the the remake, you get the exposition about the videotape at the funeral with like the group of kids when they talk about, um, right. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think, yeah, no, you never, you never see the girl in the, um, original movie ever again, but she does survive. Okay. Actually, that just reminded me, we didn't even talk about the super cameo from Seth from the OC. (laughs) <laughs> in the remake oh, oh yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> adam brody yeah adam, adam brody, brody yeah. <laughs> yeah a very young adam brody holy crap like i uh watched i watched the ring for years and didn't even realize it was the same guy until much much later in my life but i was like wow what a like <laughs> yeah what a way to start your career just being in a you know short cameo in this movie you know yeah, <laughs> kind of cool. And then exploding onto the scene in the OC. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, I just want to talk about that horse scene from the remake. I thought that was the dumbest fucking shit ever. <laughs> 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 she just like goes up to the horse and it starts freaking out. And then she just like, okay, he doesn't back away or leave. She just continues to try and pet the horse <laughs> until it yeah. freaks out and busts out of there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I also noticed in that scene, like, what are people doing in their cars? Like, there's the there's the shots of the people just sitting in their cars as they're watching this. Horror, and I'm like, you're on a ferry. Why are you sitting in your car? Like, you know, do you? <laughs> I don't know. There, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that scene. I think it's pretty stupid. <laughs> And then it like just hops off the boat and uh, my girlfriend was watching it with me and she, she just like, no, not the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys notice that in the the part, it's even in like the um, on IMDb page, like the goofs and stuff. Uh, there's the scene where the girl screams at the end where you see the horse, like the blood come from under the um, ferry. And then the girl screams like she closes her mouth before the screams finished, like right before the shot ends. Like she's screaming oh, really? and then her mouth closes, but the screaming <laughs> is still going. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. No, I get I the I, I get the that. symbolism behind that scene, but I I feel like that is one scene that we probably maybe could have done without, or maybe if it was done differently, I think maybe it would have been cool. But yeah, yeah, it was just it just seemed out of place in the movie. Like there's there's other ways that they could have shown a horse dying rather than it jumping off of a ferry, right? Well, and there was something else that I wanted to bring up before I forget, real quick. Um, we, I'm, I'm kind of going back to the opening scene a little bit with the character of Katie. <clears throat> the thing that doesn't make sense to me is if you've seen the ring too, and if you've seen like the, the extra little uh, bit of footage with Ryan Merriman's character that dies in the beginning, like when you see 
all the stuff he's experiencing within those seven days, because I don't know if you guys are familiar with the ring too. And like the whole rings thing that happened. Um, it's just kind of delves into Ryan Merriman's yeah. character. Yeah. And so it's like, if Katie was experiencing the same stuff that Ryan Merriman's character is in the second one, which I'm assuming it's all the same. If like, that's what, why is she so normal in the opening scene? She seems normal. Like she seems fine. But then later on, Rachel goes into her room and starts seeing all these like scribblings and writings. And like, why is this in my head? And basically the ramblings of like a crazy person that's seen crazy shit, but she seems perfectly normal in the opening scene, except for the scene where she's like, I've watched it. And she's like freaking out, but it just seemed kind of unrealistic to me. Like when I thought really thought about it, I was like, you think this girl would be a nutcase by the seventh day, but I guess not. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I never really even thought about that because yeah, like she's doing all the same drawings that Aiden was doing throughout the movie too. Like, but she was like scratching out faces in, uh, in magazines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, unless she was just like trying to put on this, fake face because her friend was there she doesn't she doesn't want to believe it i don't know yeah i mean that makes that makes a lot of sense too that now that you say it like that that definitely puts things more into perspective but i was just like how is she not just like mentally insane by the end of this i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um what did you guys think about the like you don't really see the kills in either one of these movies but like what about the after effects like I personally like the look of them better in the ring, but I feel like that's just a product of the time. Like they had better. I don't know. Um, like I liked, I like the shock of the first one. Like I didn't expect the first one to pop up like that. And I thought the, effects, yeah. I thought, thought the effects were good for, for that time. So I think I'd go with the original on that one. Okay. I, personally would probably have to go with the remake because I think the I think the original does it really well but I think the remake ups like the freaky factor because I think you kind of have to up like the the scare factor slightly if especially if your scariest scene is at the end of the movie I don't want to spoil that for the listeners until we get to that point but like I feel like those <laughs> those scenes in the ring like for example, like the scene where she's at the funeral and she's talking to the mom and she's like, I saw her face. And then all of a sudden you cut to the scene of Katie in the closet and it's just horrifying. Like her face looks disgusting. Like her face looks so scary. And in the original, it's just kind of like, they're just making kind of like a derpy looking like face. I don't know. Like it's, (laughs) it's not that it's not scary in either one. It's just, I think the way they did the effects in the remake are far superior I mean, but I mean that, like you said, that's kind of going with the times as well. Things were, you know, things are constantly evolving. So um, I just think that a little bit more Mm -hmm. could have been done with like the way the faces look in the original. I just don't think they look quite as terrifying, you know? So, yeah. You just brought up a good point too. How did Katie get into the closet? (laughs) Good question. (laughs) I don't know. Samara must have moved like, her body or something. Like, why I don't know. She... <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe she. Maybe Samara was coming out of, the, out of the TV and she was hid in the closet or something. That's true, actually, yeah. Because she does come out of the TV at Noah, so... Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Maybe. Or, plot twist, Becca was in on it the whole time. She's the one that killed her. 
and she's using this videotape as a ruse oh, to sh- you know cover her tracks <laughs> <laughs> so really she's not as crazy as everyone thinks she is she's just playing crazy you know <laughs> and this is all in her head this is all in rachel's head it's all in you know noah's head it's all just a delusion a shared delusion passed on by yeah. another delusion uh deluded person so <laughs> big plot twist nobody yeah. ever saw it coming <laughs> um you guys want to talk about the endings i feel like we've kind of gone over every other part of the movie yeah um i feel like in the in the remake um kind of the husband was the bad guy a bit. Well, so was the the mother, I guess, even though she was dead. But um, whenever he like fucking killed himself with all those electrical cords, I was like, man, that's way too many. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that was you a little don't overkill, need all man. <laughs> yeah. You just a need one extension cord. And- just fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has like 20 extension cords. It's like, okay, man. <laughs> and like TVs I, and toasters and microwaves. <laughs> I feel like maybe if that was just more of like a visual choice, like, oh, this is like, oh, how can we like make this look more visually disturbing? So they're like, oh, we'll just get all these extension cords and all these things that he can. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that, though. It's kind of overkill. <laughs> <laughs> But I like in the remake, you 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 feel for Samara in this one because her dad like kept her up in that fucking room up like high up in the barn where only the ladder can get, which the ladder is in the video, and yeah. like sent her to like rehab or whatever the fuck it was, and it's like fuck, you feel for her in that one. Yeah, because they're like, we can't let you. Like she's like, I want to see my mom and dad, and they're like, we can't let you leave until you answer it our questions and she's like i don't know how to answer your questions i don't know how the pictures showed up they just are like i just made them with my mind and they you know obviously don't believe her because i think she's crazy so it's like it's just a sad situation yeah it is and like that whole conversation that she's having with the psychiatrist um he's saying like oh your mommy and daddy love you they just want you to get better and she's still not daddy and it's just like I love that whole little side plot of them showing what actually happened and like why Samara is this vengeful spirit. Yeah. Cause you don't, you don't get that in the original and that's where like that extra 20 minutes, like totally adds to the movie. Like you just get so much more information in that extra amount of time. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And it, it gives you like a sense of feeling for, Samara, even though she is like this evil entity that's killing people, it it still gives you like a sense of like, oh, I still feel bad for her. Like, I feel I want to, you know, help her in a sense. Yeah. And like, she knows that she's doing terrible things, even when she's alive. Right. Like, but it's like she doesn't know how to stop it. And you you do feel bad for her. Right. Yeah. And you get more like you feel you feel more bad for um like the whole family in general like you feel bad for the dad you feel bad for the mom you know because it's just a shitty situation brought on by you know this this girl but you know she's just a little girl like she in a sense it's like she doesn't know what she's doing but at the same time she kind of does and so 
it's just this whole like fucked up family dynamic. So you feel, you kind of feel bad for all parties involved with this whole thing because it's, you know, like in the scene where the mom, you know, kills Samara and dumps her down the well, you can tell like she is mortified with what she's doing. Like she doesn't want to be doing it, but she doesn't see any other way out, you know? And, you know, same with the father, you know, he, I'm sure he probably hated keeping her up in the barn, but what other choice did he have? Cause he was making, you know, his wife go insane. So it's just, it's just this fucked up dynamic. You feel bad for all of them in a sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't, I, I completely forgot that it was the mother that killed her too. Cause like up until the point where you see her actually kill her, you like, you, they always just kind of make you think that it was the father that did it. And even Rachel, she thought that he did it. Yeah. And yeah. Until, until you get that flashback. Yeah. <laughs> and that scene is like heartbreaking too. Whenever the mother throws her down the well, cause she just said, she, what, I can't remember the exact line, she, but she was just like, I like, I've always loved you. Or I just want to love you or something like that. I think she says all I ever wanted was you. Or, Yeah. That's what it was. Mm. Exactly. And it, I don't know. It's just, you see the transition of the mother's mental health really well in that scene. Cause like she finally got the child that she always wanted, but it wasn't the child that she always wanted. Cause like Samara was evil yeah. when she was alive. Even um, in the, uh, the remake um, at the very end, whenever uh, what's her name, the wife, finds the uh the copied tape like under the sofa it's like how did you not see the sticker that said copy of it whatever you threw it under there (laughs) that was one thing i found stupid between both movies too like they sit there and think about it and they're like okay what did i do differently that he didn't do yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah i made a copy of it just like (laughs) i don't know and then like why is the copy underneath the couch in the remake? <laughs> like, yeah, right. And it's like, how would they come to that conclusion in general? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the one thing that you did differently was make a copy. Like out of all the things that you've done in the past seven days, how is that the one thing that you think about? Yeah, actually, I'm going to, actually, I'm going to digress and uh, counteract my argument with that. Actually. <laughs> um, I think, well, I mean, she's alive <laughs> after seven days. So I feel like, just, I guess, process of elimination. She just kind of came to that conclusion because she is alive after the seven days and she's the only one that made a copy. So I guess that's, I guess that's a good enough assumption to make, but still it's like, I don't know how, I don't know. I I agree with you on that. I think they're both kind of, I do prefer to be honest with you, how they did it in Ringu. Actually, I feel like we're shitting on Ringu so much. So I'm going to spend a minute praising Ringu for what it did differently (laughs) with the tape situation. (laughs) I like, I like that she sees like the reflection of the man in the, in the TV with like the towel over his head from like the, the tape and he's pointing at the, at her bag. And then, so she pulls the tape out. I kind of like how they did with uh, that scene in the original than what they did in the remake because I just feel like in the remake it was just kind of like oh she finds the tape under the couch and then she's like I made a copy and that's it there's no sort of like I don't know but yeah no I definitely agree with you on that like and I feel like in the remake that's kind of the I guess that's what makes it stupid for me I guess because like uh, I don't know it's just like it's just like the copy of the videotape was just so conveniently placed right there yeah yeah 
<laughs> um, can I also can I also bring up another scene before we get to like the very very end? Because I wanted to, I kind of want to yeah. talk about like the differences between like the two well scenes as well. Like when they find the well, um, I mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting in the original how. Well, it's the well scene in the original <clears throat> going to shit on the original again for a minute. I feel like the, the well scene in the original is pretty anticlimactic because it's literally the, them just lifting up buckets of water one by one. They couldn't have done like a, you know, <clears throat> more of a smooth transition between, okay, we're going to lift up one, maybe two, and then cut to like it almost being done kind of thing. I don't really think they did that very well, <laughs> but in the remake, I feel like it's much more, um, what's the word thrilling because you get the scene with them finding the well and then you see like the tv kind of like the bolts on the tv like twisting and like the floor like the nails coming up through the floor and you're like oh shit what's gonna happen and then when the tv falls and hits rachel and knocks her into the the well i think that's much more of an intense scene than what they did in the original because i just feel like the original dragged on for so long with that scene it's like okay we get it we're you're taking water out of the well like let's get to the <laughs> fucking meat and bones of the scene <laughs> but i also think that the part where the the main character finds the girl's body is much more disturbing in the original because like there's the scene where she pulls up the girl's body and like the muck and shit is like oozing from her like eye sockets and it's just gross like the water looks disgusting it just looks nasty and then and then in the remake you get like the the scene where she like sees her as like what she looked like when she was alive but then it kind of slowly her face just kind of rots away which i think is really cool too i think they both did that very well in the remake and the original so yeah yeah but I didn't know if you guys wanted like to the, mention anything with re- like the well scenes or anything like that, but. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <clears throat> definitely. I did want to bring it up too. Yeah. Cause like in the remake, you get the, uh, you get the, you get more of a sense of the struggle that Samara went through trying to get out of there. Cause like you see the claw marks on the side of it and like her broken fingernails are all th- throughout it. Um, so I feel like, I get what you're saying, Michael, like the way that she gets into the well is a lot better in the remake. Mm-hmm. And then like the scene with Samara or Sadako in the well is better in the original, but like the well scene as a whole is better in the remake. I think. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like you don't get that the same feeling in the original as you did from the remake. Yeah, and that that could also probably have everything to do with what we talked about pre- prior, like with the character development, like you're much more engaged in these characters. So it's it's much more of an edge of your seat experience when Rachel falls into the well, because you're like, holy shit, is she dead? Is she alive? Because that was like, you know, the end of her seven days. So for that moment in time, when she falls down the well, you're like, oh, she's done. She's gone for her. like she's a goner. You know, so and I feel like in the original, they don't really play on that very much. Like he comes out of the well and she's like passed out next to the well. And then she wakes up and she's like, oh, I'm still alive. And it's like, okay, that was (laughs) (laughs) anticlimactic. You know? Yeah. And do you have anything you want to add to that, Brooke? No, I don't think so. So it's like in the in the original, she goes down into the well, like she volunteers, like just goes down. It's like, I don't really think that's necessary, <laughs> but yeah. 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 All right. I want to talk about the ending, the it. actual ending. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So there's like not much 
really of an ending for like the original. I mean, there is, but I feel like the remake did it much better because you just see um, the ex-husband get killed by uh, Sadako out of the TV, which I was surprised how well they did that out of the TV part. Like I thought it was, I, I thought it would oh, look sure. a lot worse than it did, but yeah. And then with the remake, I thought they did that really well. Like it was really, you know, terrifying because <laughs> like all the water like everywhere, and and then like Noah or not Noah, Aiden says to her like, "Oh, why would you save Samara? Like you weren't supposed to do that." <laughs> and then she realizes that you know she fucked up because <laughs> yeah. she's like she never sleeps or yeah, something that little- like that. I feel like that scene with um, with Rachel and Aiden was really well done because it, it like it gives you that sense of like oh shit this chick just fucked up, but her intentions are obviously in the right spot. She just doesn't realize how how bad it's going to affect everybody else. <laughs> she doesn't realize yeah. what uh oh a uh, box she opened. She opened Pandora's box and now she's fucked. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, going back to the whole TV scene, I think both movies did it really well. Mm -hmm. I like the Rings version better, but I mean, yeah, the original version did it really well too. And like both scenes are really creepy. Yeah, they were. Because they can do more, obviously, with the remake. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It was on a bigger budget and everything like that. It was less... Uh, practical effects and more CGI. And I found like the CGI did live up to expectations of watching it now. Yes. Like I feel like they, I mean, for the time it came out in 2002, so it was 18 years ago. I mean, they still hold up, which in most cases CGI doesn't, mm-hmm. but I feel like, I don't know. It was simple enough that, that it still works. Yeah. And then whenever she turned around, no in the chair, you turn around, no in the chair. Like that was, Holy fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She fucked his face up too, because you get like that little, like two, maybe like half a second shot of him, like in the chair and you see like his nose is like smushed into his face. He just looks, she fucked him up. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I remember, I remember specifically that scene was, Oh my gosh. 10 9 10 year old me watching that scene for the first time and when she when she fucking came out of that tv oh boy did i freaking i did exactly <laughs> the same thing that noah did pretty much was just oh my fucking like what is happening she, uh, it freaked me out like that <laughs> shit fucked me up for a long time and i think that played like the fact that it looks so realistic it plays a big part in that too like it looks like like someone could actually come out of your fucking TV the way that they did it. <laughs> yeah. Like it, I liked the, I liked the fact that they show, like they actually show her crawling out of the TV. It's not like, cause in a lot of paranormal movies, it's just like, boom, she's in the TV. Boom. She's in real life kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah. It was very well executed. And I f- personally feel both films did it really, really well. So which version of the girl did you guys like better? Like Sadako or Samara? Mm. I gotta go with Samara, I think, on that one. I think I have to go with Samara as well, just because I just feel like her backstory was more fleshed out 
as opposed to Sadako, who are you like, yeah. you don't even really like know her origins at all. You're just like, okay, she's a creepy girl with long hair and, you know, a long white dress. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's really all. And then like with, with, you know, Samara, you get more of that. As I said, you, you kind of feel for her character, but you're also terrified of her character at the same time. Cause you just get so much more backstory in this film with everybody that's in the movie. Yeah, I have to agree with you guys. Like, there's the one scene whenever, well, whenever she comes out of the TV in Ringu, and like you just see her eye, and it like sh- like does a close up of her eye. Like, I found that almost comical more than anything. Like that part was not creepy at all, and I know that they are going for a creep factor, but I don't yeah, know, it just I seemed funny to me instead. Yeah, no, that I agree with that. Me too. I think it is kind of gross when you see her <laughs> fingernails, though, when her hands are like gripping, kind of gripping the carpet and you see like her f- fucking where her fingernails should be. And it's just nasty, like the the, yes. the flesh under that is scarier than the eye, in my opinion. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I hate fingernail shit. <laughs> Ugh, me too. <laughs> Refresh my memory how Ringu like actually finished like what was the end scene in that one because all i'm picturing is what happened at the end of the ring so i think after she gets the tape she figures it out i think it cuts to her like driving in her car with her son and i think this is like the fucked up part about the ending because i i may be interpreting this wrong um but she calls her father and is like, I need a favor from you as if and I'm like, am I supposed to assume that she's going to pass this curse on to her own father, like her own father is going to watch this video. And that's how she's <laughs> going to say, because that's kind of how like they end it. Like she she's in a conversation with her dad and she's like, hey, dad, uh, we're on our way to your house. I need a favor from you. And that, that's where the movie ends. Like you don't really it doesn't really right. go anywhere from there. And then you're like, did she just give? is she trying to give the curse to her own dad? That is fucked up. <laughs> but maybe maybe they have a really bad relationship maybe because you don't really i don't know if they ever show any sort of backstory or exposition with her and her father that i think that might be the only scene that you get with her and her dad like you just and you don't even like see her dad you just get her calling him and being like hey i need you to do something for me (laughs) all right is there any other scenes that we want to talk about before we move on? Or I feel like we're kind of beating a dead horse now. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have anything else to, to mention. I'm not sure if Michael does. Um, no, I was going to save my stuff for when we do our rankings. Cause I fi- I figured I could talk more about like, um, you know, when we get into like the story quality, the or the story, the quality, all that stuff, I figured I'd spend more time talking a little bit about it when we get into that. But yeah, no, I think I I think we covered all like the main stuff that we needed to like the main scenes. And it, like you said, it's a 20 year old yeah. movie. I'm sure most people and their grandmothers have seen this movie. If not, then we really didn't spoil a whole lot. So you guys could go watch it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right, so if we're done talking about the movie, let's talk about what we thought about them. Uh, Michael, do you want to go first with the original story and quality ratings? Sure. (laughs) So this might be my redeeming quality for people that uh, 
you know, love the original. I gave it a six out of 10 because I think the overall concept is a really great concept and it's the first of its kind to do that sort of concept. So for that, I gave it a higher rating just because this was one of the J horror movies that really started, as we discussed earlier, kind of propelled the J horror train that came after. And like the, it's again, it's an engaging story. Um, I gave it a six out of 10 because of mostly just because of the plot and like the uniqueness of how they utilized it. Um, it, I would have given it a better rating if like the, the pacing was better. Like, you know, just the stuff that we kind of nitpicked about it, everything that we nitpicked about it was why it didn't get a better rating, but I, I, I gave it a six out of 10. So. All right. All right. Nice. And what about the quality? The quality is a six out of 10 as well. So I feel, I feel like the tone for this film, they did a very good job with the tone. Um, the pacing is a bit slow though, and the characters aren't as engaging. The characters are pretty boring. So I don't know. I might actually drop my, I actually might drop my rating to a five out of 10 with that one, just because the more, now that I'm talking about it, the more I'm like realizing, yeah, yeah, there's a, so I, I think I'm going to give it a five out of 10, which I still think is pretty generous because, um, yeah, I just, I, I really, I really enjoy the tone of this movie. I like the way that, it gets under your skin in a way that I feel like other movies don't do as well. Um, I just really enjoyed mm-hmm. the creepy factor. It's not a scary film by any means, but I think it's it's a creepy film and it'll get under your skin. And yeah, so five out of ten for that for quality. Cool. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Brooke? Um, I'm pretty much on the same page as Michael with this one. Um for story, I gave a 5 out of 10. Uh, pretty much the same reasons Michael said. Like, I like the general storyline of being haunted through a videotape. I thought it's very original. Um, the deduction of points comes from the pacing in the movie. I thought it was bore- boring. I didn't feel engaged enough in it. And I thought um, the characters weren't really well developed, like we've talked about throughout the whole discussion. Um, I usually do like foreign films of this one, just was a hard one to enjoy. And for quality, I also gave it a five out of 10. Um, I didn't really see this one as a horror movie per se. I felt there was more like a crime thriller a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought the acting was very good. Um, I thought the score from what there was and the few effects were pretty decent. So yeah, five out of 10 for both uh, story and quality. All right. Fuck, we're all pretty much linked up then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I gave my story and quality both fives as well. Um, For the story, I feel like I feel like I could have enjoyed this more if I would have watched it before the remake. Mm. Because, like, in my mind, obviously, I mean, we've talked about it throughout this whole episode, but like, the remake is far superior in my mind. Oh, 100%. But, like, yeah. I respect the... Yeah, like, I, but I respect the original for what it is. And, it, like, Michael, you said, it kind of paves the way for other J-horror movies to kind of come into mainstream focus. Because, um, like, this... Whenever you think of, like, Japanese horror movies, this is one of the main ones that you think about. Like, this one and Juwan were kind of, like, the godfathers of it coming yeah. here. 
Um, this like it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but like Brooke said, like I found it. Well, both of you have said I found the pacing very slow. Uh, I found it boring as well as Brooke did. Uh, but I mean, it's not it's not terrible. Um, and for the quality, like I'm saying the same thing you guys are. I, I find it weird that all three of us have pretty much the same scores on there. <laughs> um, we're the three best friends that anyone could have. <laughs> best friends forever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the acting's good. Uh, the special effects are fairly good for the most part. Um, I wish they would have dove more into the story a little bit. I feel like that would have definitely uh, like raised the ratings a little bit, gave it a little bit more of a wow factor, which is what the remake did. Um, but like I said, I respect it for what it is, and and uh, that's what it is. I I can honestly say I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with- I might I might just to see if if my thoughts change on it a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. I was kind of bored for the whole hour and a half of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you brought up an excellent point that I kind of wanted to brush on real quick before we move on. Um, Like how you said that you had seen the original or the remake before you ever watched the original. And I feel like that I think we can say the same for all three of us that we all three saw the remake before we ever saw the original. So there's like a connotation with that, you know, that, there's going to be this push and pull thing with people that have seen the original before the remake. And it kind of brings up the topic of discussion with like the whole original versus remake, you know, discussion that people like to have, you know, cause I feel like it's just a very polarizing, you know, they're both polarizing movies in their own way, because I just feel like whoever watched the original first is going to say, Oh, the original is far more superior, but then people like us are going to say that the remakes superior because, you know, we saw it first. So it kind of just falls in like, whichever movie we kind of saw first. So I just kind of thought that was an interesting point that you brought up. And I kind of wanted to like elaborate on that a little bit more. And like in most cases, I do enjoy the originals more than the remakes, but this just wasn't it. I don't think like, I feel the remake took the, the skeleton of the story and just like added so much more to it. And it, it did it properly. Like some movies that get remade, they either a don't need a remake or B they do it so terribly that it doesn't shine any light to the original. Right. But this one, I feel like this one they expanded on the story and everything. Well, I mean, I'm jumping ahead, but (laughs) anyway, (laughs) but yeah, anywho, five, five out of 10 for story and five out of 10 for quality. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm interested to see how we all score the remake. Let's get to it. <laughs> so for the the remake, The Ring, I gave it a, for story, I gave it an 8 out of 10 because I feel like the pacing is so much better in this movie. Um, the story is definitely more planned out. The characters are more fleshed out. Um, yeah, the, the story in itself isn't, I mean, I guess that's what you would call a remake, a, you know, of something that's already been done. So it's, as we stated before, it's, it's basically a shot for shot in certain parts remake of the original. So for that, 
Um, it, I did deduct it some points there just because it's not like a fully original remake in the sense that it's kind of, you know, shot for shot in certain parts, but what it does differently than the original is it, it kind of, you know, towards the middle and the end, it kind of goes off on its own little path and you start, you know, finding out differences between the two. And I think that's really interesting. I think that's what makes the, the story of the remake stand out far more better than far more than the original. So I gave it an eight out of 10 for story. And then for quality, I gave it a nine out of 10, which was almost a perfect score for me because, um, and I wanted to get into this really bad because you guys know how much um, I love cinematography. Like I talk about it in every single episode on my podcast. So I really wanted to get into how much I love the way the remake is filmed. Like, there there's those beautiful shots like for example the shots of the tree like when the light is you know going over the tree and it looks like it's on fire like all those shots there is a really cool shot when rachel's driving to the farm and you get that like really cool overhead shot of the lighthouse and then you see the car driving and then you get that nice there's just so many cool shots in this movie that i wanted to like briefly talk about and then Mm -hmm. the score is also really great in this film too um i'm not not completely 100% sure who does the score right now. It's like in the tippy top of my tongue, but I can't think of who scores it, but the score is amazing. The characters are much more engaging. Like I just love the the characters in this film. I think Naomi Watts is a really engaging, you know, character to follow through throughout the movie. So yeah, quality nine out of 10. So very nice. Nice. All right. Okay, Brooke. So for my story, I gave it a eight out of, eight out of ten. Um, pretty much same as Michael. Uh, pretty much a shot for shot remake, but I think they sprinkled in a few more things that I like better. Um, that the acting was good, and like we've talked about the story quite a bit throughout our discussion, so I won't say too much more about that. Uh, and for quality, I gave a seven out of ten. Um, I thought it was a little more horror than the original was, but I still didn't feel like it was horror per se like it is but i felt like more like a crime thriller but with a little bit more horror in it and uh like michael just said i thought the cinematography of this movie was fantastic all right so again we're all linked up (laughs) (laughs) uh i gave my story an eight out of ten as well um basically just saying the exact same things that you guys said like it it took that original idea and just added more to it. Uh, I feel like Ringu is a movie like I talked about earlier, like some movies don't need a remake. I feel like this one did just because like the ring brought Ringu into like Americanized cinema. I think like people probably wouldn't really recognize Ringu as much if the ring never came out and same with the grudge too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like these, these American remakes really brought um, the originals into the scene because they were redone so well. <clears throat> like if, if the ring was shit, then, then people wouldn't give a shit about ring you. I don't think. Um, but whenever you hear like, Oh, the ring is a remake of this Japanese horror movie. Then people have that interest because the ring was so well done. Um, and my quality, I also gave it an eight out of 10. Uh, 
Well, I shouldn't say also. Well, yeah, also. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, tripping over my words here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, all the same reasons you guys gave. I mean, we're so in tune with these ratings, it's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> kind of scary, uh, actually. <laughs> so uh, if it is, it's kind of weird. That's why I'm kind of like thrown for a little bit of a loop because a lot of times Brooke and I are like kind of going at each other for some of these. So it's <laughs> kind of weird to me that we're all same page um but yeah the score the cinematography the special effects the acting the script everything about this was really well done and done better than the original which is nice to see in a remake um but yeah so eight out of ten for both all right so now that we know all of our scores let's head on over to rotten tomatoes and see what they've scored it so for the original, the consensus is Ringu combines supernatural elements with anxieties about modern technology in a truly frightening and unnerving way. So Michael, based off of that, what do you think the critics have scored it? Um, I'm going to, I gave it an 87%. They're close. 97%. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> On on 39 ratings. So should we and be expecting a hate Brooke, train? What do you think? Uh, in the works from people <laughs> <laughs> that are going to be like, fuck you guys. Possibly. You hate the original. Get off here. You're not, you don't know horror. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Brooke. Didn't even call it horror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only 35 people. We can handle them. That's true. 39, oh, 39 actually. Those extra those extra four make a difference. <laughs> All right, Brooke, what do you think the audience scored it? Audience, I'm going to say I don't know how much this has reached people like in North America, but I mean I assume probably quite a bit. Um I'd say probably eighty-five. Oh, you're close too. Eighty-one percent. Okay. On forty six thousand ratings, sounds about right. All right, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you guys ready for the remake? Yep, yep. So the consensus with little gore and a lot of creepy visuals, the ring gets under your skin thanks to director Gore Verbinski's haunting sense of atmosphere and an impassioned performance from Naomi Watts. So Michael, what do you think the critics scored it? Um, I gave the critics score a 92%. (laughs) 71%. Really? That's kind of shocking to me, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Damn. That's That's really shocking. 207 ratings. I know. I was really surprised, too. Wow. Uh, All right. Brooke, what do you think the audience scored it? Audience, I'm going to say probably more people have seen the remake. So I'm going to go with. 63. All right. You guys ready for this? Yeah. No. (laughs) 48%. Wow. That low. Jesus. Wow. Wow. 
this like this shocked this shocked the shit out of me. I thought that this movie was really well received and people really enjoyed it. So seeing a forty eight percent for the audience score, really yeah, surprised because me. Yeah, that's surprising. because every time I hear someone talk about this movie, they like rave about it. They're like, "This is the this was the scariest movie that I'd ever seen when I was growing up." Bloody bloody blada. This movie's so good, and wow, I am shocked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I was too. That's on thirty two million ratings as well. <laughs> oh man! Wow. What in the Naomi Watts is this tomfoolery? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. I was not happy to see those scores. Yeah, me either. That kind of like was a downer. <laughs> it's like, damn, <laughs> people are harsh. I know. We all gave it. We all gave it seven to nine, basically. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So we're we're in the minority, apparently. Damn. Wow. All right. You guys want to head over to that scare section now? Absolutely. All right. So starting my scare section um, for Ring U, I gave it a one out of 10. Um, I said it was not scary at all. Um a bit of creepiness, like with uh, the girl coming through the TV and stuff, but not scary at all. For the remake, I gave it a 3 out of 10. Um, I didn't find it that scary as well, but some of the imagery was disturbing. And I guess it was kind of freaky with Samara coming at the TV at the very end. I thought it was really well done. For my scariest scenes for Ring Yu, I went with the beginning scene. Um, kind of good tension building. And I thought when they like revealed the girl in the closet and, uh, the like music started playing, I thought that was really well done. And then for the remake ring, I went with when Noah gets killed at the very end. Um, I thought that whole scene was done really well. Like this layout of his like apartment and stuff and just see her like slowly crawling out and like walking towards him. And then whenever, um, uh, his wife comes home, comes to his apartment. He's like all the water everywhere and shit like that. I thought it was uh, really well done. Yeah, yeah I can agree. Very nice. Yeah. And right. do you want to go? Would I survive or just wait? Yeah, yeah go ahead. All right. So for Rain Yu, I said, no, I wouldn't survive. Um, I said, I'm not technologically skilled enough to make a copy of a VHS tape. oh man um and uh yeah ditto for the the sequel or the remake sorry um the rain i yeah no way i can figure out how to make a copy of vhs tape so i'm (laughs) fucked (laughs) we grew up in the age of vhs oh god (laughs) our generation you made a copy of a vhs tape (laughs) yeah yeah <laughs> oh man. Love it. All right, Michael, you wanna you wanna do yours? Yeah, so um I was telling Brooke when we had our little uh technical interruption, I was telling him, I was like, I think I might have rated my scare rating a little more generous. Um but it's but I have to I guess I want to um 
say that it's not really so much like I want to go with the scare rating, but it's more of like a creep rating for me that kind of boosted it up a little higher. It's 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 scary in the sense that it's um, a little more like undertone. So for Ringu, I gave it a four out of 10 because I just feel like they did a really great job with, you know, the atmosphere making it creepy. And then there are some genuinely like disturbing scenes. I, I wouldn't say as disturbing as in the remake, but there are some genuinely like unnerving scenes, especially with the TV scene when she comes out of the TV and uh, the well scene. Actually, also, I thought the well scene was pretty. Yeah, there were the uh, towards the end when she finds her body in the well. I thought that was pretty creepy. And then for the ring, I also gave it a four out of ten just because for the same reasons. Um, I think they're both really good with like the creep factor. Um, I just think the ring did it a little bit better with their imagery. So I gave them both a four out of ten. Cool. And then mm-hmm. for the scariest scene, do I continue with the scariest scene? Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. Um, for Ringu, I chose the well scene um, just because I just felt like that scene was really grody and kind of disturbing. It wasn't really scary. It just like really was like, you know? Um, yeah. And then for the scary scene for the ring, I gave, I did the TV scene obviously. Cause the TV scene is fucking terrifying. <laughs> nice (laughs) yeah and then would i survive i'm i'm gonna go with the same answer that brooke said because i i can't even (laughs) i can't even most of the time figure out how to fucking start a zoom meeting with my internet how the fuck am i gonna figure out how to do a you know a vhs tape make a copy of a vhs (laughs) tape i'm not (laughs) very technologically savvy with that kind of shit so i probably wouldn't survive either either movie either so glad we're on the same page (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that's too funny all right uh so i gave the original a three out of ten on the scare rating um michael i'm gonna take a few pages from your notebook and just say like the imagery throughout it was really creepy there was like the odd scene that was creepy enough to uh to give it some points in the scare section for sure. Um, but yeah, overall, not like a super scary movie at all. Um, I think Brooks finally grown some nuts while doing this podcast because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it used to be me giving the ones and now it's him. <laughs> the, oh, how the tables have turned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I gave the remake a six out of 10. Um, I think I'm being like fairly generous with this too. Cause I'm just, I'm remembering back to whenever I f- first watched this movie as a kid and like how, like the effect that it had on me back then. And just like the whole videotape scene, like all the little pieces that are in the videotape, like really creeped me out. And I still find them really creepy. Um, the whole scene in the well and uh, Samara coming to the TV. It's just, it's all so well done um and looks amazing and it really adds to that creep factor so yeah that's where it gets all of its points um i'm i'm gonna say that i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna say the well scene for both movies are probably my scariest scenes i mean the tv scene in both of them are like scary in their own sense too but i mean you guys both kind of made reference to them. So I'll, uh, 
I'll flip the script a little bit and say both of the well scenes. Um, the one in the remake did it a little bit more for me just because you see the struggle that Samara had, but yeah. Um, and would I survive? I'm going to say no to both. Uh, not because I I don't know how to make a copy of a VHS tape. Um, but I don't think I would have figured it out that I needed to make a copy of it to pass it on. That's fair. Like, yeah, that I don't is know. A fair I assumption. just, I mean, if I was going in blind without having any previous knowledge to what's going on, yeah, I don't think I would ever figure that out. So here, here's the question I had real quick. Um, do you have to make a copy and show it to somebody or can you just show somebody the same tape and that's fine? It's like basically the same thing. Or do you have to make a copy? Cause like, I, I don't know if they like genuinely like, I don't know, spell that out. I know that she said she made a copy, but that's because she made a copy because she, you know, didn't have, I don't know. You, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Could you like get away with living another day if you or living, if you just showed them the same tape that you watched? I don't know. I don't know because they make reference to it in the movie, like in the ring that uh, like she wants to spread her message or her evilness or whatever as, as far as she can. So I think you have to make a copy of it. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I just, that, that question popped through my head for a minute. Cause I was like, well, do you technically have to make a copy or can you just sew someone the same <laughs> one you got? <laughs> cause in that regard, I guess I would survive. Cause like I said, I probably wouldn't believe it's true anyway. So I'd be like, Oh my God, check out this scary video that I watched. It's so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Michael has a viewing party with like 20 people in his house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow wanted me to spread it somehow. There you go. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> oh man. All right. Are we ready to hop into the trivia section? Yes, sir. Ooh. All right. Um, before, before we hop into it, I, uh, I talked to Anthony from porcelain peak to just, kind of make sure that they were okay with us doing this because the whole trivia section is kind of their thing. All right. So yeah, thank you to the guys at Porcelain Peak for kind of giving us their blessing on doing the whole trivia section. Much appreciated. Um, all right. So Michael, uh, Brooke recently purchased the Trivial Pursuit Horror Edition. So given the fact that we're kind of recording in quarantine, he's going to be our trivia master and you and I are going to go head to head. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And it'll um, be do this. first to five. I think Brooke. Um, I was going to say, let's do first to 10 because some of the questions are pretty easy. Okay. So we can start with 10 and if it takes too long, then we can just switch it up. So <laughs> there is uh, six categories. Um, I'm going to be alternating between each category for each of you. So we got monster, gore slash disturbing, psychological, paranormal, killer, and international. Okay. All right. And uh, we'll have, yeah, we'll have Michael start off first since he's the guest. Perfect. All right. So Michael, first question, who directed the birds from 1968? Alfred Hitchcock. Yes, sir. You are correct. Cool. I was like, is that a trick question? Mark. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it almost seems too easy. Yeah. Well, and with the with uh, the Mark. with the two second lag there for a minute, I was like, "Did I get it right?" Because like there was yeah. like quiet there for a minute. I was like, "Oh shit." Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark. The leader of the vampires in Thirty Days a Night from two thousand seven is played by what actor? Oh god damn it! Hmm. I honestly don't remember. All right. So the answer is Danny Huston. I don't even know who the hell that is. <laughs> I don't either. either. I wouldn't have been able to answer that question either. <laughs> wow. You you give the guests the easiest question of all time. <laughs> hey, I didn't pick them. Going randomly. <laughs> all right. You pop. You pop anonymous. Yeah. You give him all the easy ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh man. All right. So Michael under gore slash disturbing. In the Human Centipede first sequence from 2009, what is the name of the villainous surgeon who devises and performs the procedure? Um, I'm going to say right now that I have no idea because those movies in particular are movies that I will not watch. They are too disgusting for me because I've, I've, I've seen bits and pieces of like the first one and the second one. And I'm like, nope, like I can handle a lot of shit, but those movies are just too much for me. So I'm going to say, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the answer, yeah. I was going to say, Michael does not believe in Astomith. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no i do not <laughs> i'm certainly not a bottom feeder in any way shape or form so <laughs> uh, the answer we were and looking for know, was dr joseph Hyder. right okay. okay yeah i wouldn't and no shame no shame to people that you know do the whole toss in the salad thing but i don't trust you so <laughs> <laughs> trust you people who do that kind of shit who are not to be trusted because that is just disgusting but (laughs) Uh, all right mark your question for gore slash disturbing jack is the boyfriend of what character in the wizard of gore from 1970 i don't fucking know man i have no (laughs) idea hard questions (laughs) never even heard of that movie all right we're looking for sherry carson (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we suck at this apparently like, yeah, what kind of what's going on <laughs> <laughs> all right michael for psychological what are the four requirements for the intended sacrifice in the wicker man from 1973 oh no i know this one too um gosh damn it I don't know. I'm like failing miserably at this. I should know this answer because I w- actually watched this movie not too long ago. But yeah, I don't know. I have no clue. <laughs> we are looking for <laughs> willing, king like, a virgin, and a fool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. 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 Would you have known that one, Mark? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Okay, good. <laughs> All right, Mark. <laughs> For your question under psychological, what is the wooden object 
Tate Kuda uses to finally stop Martin Mathias at the conclusion of the film Martin from 1978? Uh, shocker. I have no idea. Any guess? Okay, can you say it again? What is the wooden object Tate Kuda uses to finally stop Martin Mathias at the conclusion of the film Martin? Is it a wooden stake? You are correct. Oh, yeah. All right, Michael, for Paranormal. In The Exorcism of Avonlea Rose, 2005, what is the name of the priest on trial? Um, oh, my gosh. Hold on. I know this one because this is one of my favorite movies. So if I do not know this one... um. Oh my gosh, why am I blanking on this? This should have been an easy question. As soon as he said the external Emily Rose, I was like, got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> is it no, because I'm thinking I'm thinking of the father in the ring, I think. I think it's is it Richard Morgan? Father Mor oh, Father Morgan. So it is not. You're you're Father very Moore. Close. Father Moore. Father Moore. Father Richard All Moore. Right, I'll give it to you. Yeah. yeah Father give Moore. It, give it to him. <laughs> I'll take half the point <laughs> if that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> you saved yourself. <laughs> All right. All right, Mark, in The Woman in Black from 2012, what actor portrayed the only resident to help Arthur Kipps? I'm trying to like I feel like I can picture him. God damn it. It's been so long since I've watched this. Yeah, I don't know. We are looking for, uh, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Karen Hines, spelled C-I-A-R-A-N. No, I don't know. <laughs> All right, Michael, for Killer, how many mass strangers attacked the couple in The Strangers from 2008? Oh, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> Three of them, and I can name them if you want me to. <laughs> Yeah, go for it. There's Dollface, there's uh, Sackhead, and then there is Pinup Girl. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> and I just watched that movie like two nights ago, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Mark. That probably wasn't a very fair question. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> All right, Mark, for your question under Killer... Who directed Terror Train from 1980 and Turner and Hooch from 1989? Oh, we... Fuck. I know this. We just did an episode with it. Uh, what was his name? Fuck, why couldn't we have talked about it on our episode where we actually have <laughs> to talk about the director? I know, right? Can I phone a friend? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can try. He's he's in Australia right now, so you know, he might, uh, he might not answer. Uh, God damn it. it! I know it's a weird name too. It is a very weird name. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Looking for Roger Spottiswood. Oh my god! I had I had Daniel in my mind for some reason. Well, uh, obviously I had Daniel in my mind. Never mind. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the director's name is Daniel too. All right. Yeah, well, let's go to five points for for the trivia. All right. So Michael leads three to one. So Michael, for your international question, Eyes Without a Face from 1960 was filmed in what type of monochrome form? Um, black and white. You got it. I was going to say either black and white or sepia for some reason, but I was like, no, it definitely wasn't sepia. Yeah. All right. Mark for your international question in Les Diaboliques from 1955, from what location at the all boys boarding school does the body of victim Michael disappear? Uh, I don't know. The bathroom. Looking for the swimming pool. Fuck. I was close. There's water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So back at the top with monster category for Michael. Night of the Living Dead from 1968 was the debut of what filmmaker? Uh, George A. Romero. <clears throat> you got it. That's, Come on. That's five points. <laughs> it's bullshit. In in Mark's defense, though, he got really, really fucking hard questions. Like every single one of those questions, except for the one that I was I was he like, did. I have no clue. I've never seen any of these movies, nor have I heard of them. So <laughs> no. <laughs> so yeah, in your defense, Mark, you did pretty good. I call collusion. Collusion, eh? <laughs> In other words, uh, me and Brooke, uh, oh, Brooke sent me job, over the guys. answers to these questions prior. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, good job, Michael. Thank you. All right. So I think that concludes everything. I think so. All right. Michael, do you want to give yourself another little plug before we sign off? Um, can you say that last part again? You like went uh, completely like blank again. I didn't hear the last part of it until the plug part. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <laughs> what a time <laughs> to come back in. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Do you want to give your podcast another little shout out before we uh, conclude everything? Or finish oh, everything? sure. Yeah. Um, so my podcast is We Love Horror. You can find me on most podcast streaming services. I think I'm on Podcast Addict, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, all the you know ones that people typically listen to. And you can find me on Instagram at We Love Horror Podcast. And then if you want to email me any questions or anything like that, uh, my email is We Love Horror Pod at gmail.com. So that's where you guys can find me. Awesome. All right, and I'll plug us up before we go. Uh, so as you know, we are a podcast on Elm Street. Um, we're currently doing our Spooktober special for the month of October. Um, this is episode number two. Um, but uh, yeah, we have two more that we're planning on releasing in the next couple of weeks. And uh, you guys can find us on Instagram at a podcast on Elm Street. We are also on uh, all the main podcast outlets uh google podcasts apple apple podcast spotify 
the list goes on and on. Um, if you want to click on the link in our bio on Instagram, you can find uh, links to our merch and as well as links to our Patreon account if uh, you so wish to um, become a patron. And uh, we do have a special episode uh, strictly for our patrons coming up um, before the end of the month, um, whenever we get a chance to to sit down and record that. But, uh, yeah, Brooke, do you have anything else? I think you covered pretty much everything, man. All right. Thank you again, Michael, for joining us. We really appreciate you sitting down and discussing these two movies. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a honor and a pleasure. It's It's been a long time in the making, but I'm glad we finally were able to you know, sit down and talk about it. So I'd love to have you guys on my show sometime soon in the near future. Definitely. Hopefully there's less, less technical difficulties <laughs> on that one. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I think the universe uh, tried to not get us to do a episode together, but um, we finally did. And uh, finally glad to get uh, one down with you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you guys. And also I wanted to, also just say thank you for um, just being a supporter of mine from the very beginning, because you guys were the first two guys that I talked to when I was starting out this podcast. And you guys gave me a lot of great advice on how to, you know, move forward with my podcast, especially when I was feeling discouraged. So I just wanted to take the time for a moment and like, thank you guys for that. Because if it weren't for you guys, I probably, I probably wouldn't be doing the podcast thing because you guys really helped me out a lot. And so I just I just appreciate you guys and I appreciate you guys letting me come on the show. So thank you. Well, anytime, man. We really appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome, man. <clears throat> Making me all teary eyed. <laughs> we getting emotional up in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh, seriously, I, I'm glad that you uh, I'm glad that you stuck with everything and we're happy to help you throughout the whole process. Um, yeah, it's been a good time getting to know you and becoming friends, all three of us. So uh, yeah, I feel like, I feel I like we I make really a good team. It. Can't wait to come up to Canada with, uh, and visit you guys sometime soon. Hopefully next year when the Halloween season is in full swing again, and we can do some haunted house stuff. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. There's not too, too much around us cause we live in small towns, but we'll find something. For sure. All right, going to sign off. See you guys. <laughs> oh, oh, I was waiting for something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, do I, um, do I say bye first or do you? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you guys should leave that in there. I think that'd be really funny. <laughs> yeah. we're, oh, we're so coordinated. I know. Oh, that's great. All, All right, right. See you next time, guys. See you later. Hello again, Dream Warriors. My name is Jeffrey Chuck Norris from Chuck Goes to the Movies, and I am returning to a podcast on Elm Street to lead you through quite the hellish nightmare, if I may say so myself. That's right, I will be joining y'all next time for a little trip through The Evil Dead 2 and 2013's Evil Dead. I'm excited to take you through this hellish nightmare alongside Mark and Brooke, and I hope you're as excited as I am.
I'll see you then. <laughs>